If you have your Bibles, if you'll turn with us to 1 Corinthians chapter 12, verse 7. And we have this on the screen. You can read it there also. If you do not have an outline of the sermon, please raise your hand and Brother Steve will make sure you get one. Certain articles, certain uh, material that's sent to me and that I read, if I really, really like it, I laminate it. I like laminating it and making it where I could uh, read it over and over again. I would encourage you to laminate this outline of this sermon today. That's what I think about it. If you don't do that, fold it and put it in your Bible and read it. Study it this week. Because what I'm going to say today is one of the most important things that you hear. And uh, I know that there are several that are sick here today. I believe that God is going to touch your body. I believe that. I believe that there's going to be miracles that will take place today. And so as we share, if you'll follow along with us on your outline. Mike Manuel is, uh, serves on the board of the fellowship, on the international board, and he's one of my favorite persons. I love Mike Manuel. He's out of, uh, I believe it's Peaks Mill, West Virginia. And we're going to have here in this church, August the 8th and 9th, what we call the regional uh, leadership conference. It will be in this church, and ministers and people will come from all over the southeast, which is all the way out from Kentucky up to West Virginia, down to Florida, and there will be people gathering the 8th and 9th. And during that, those two days, Mike Manuel, we have called Duke University, and uh, there is going to be someone from Duke that's going to come, and there will be a debate and uh, on creation and evolution. It's going to be. I'm excited about that. I'm really looking forward to that. Well, Mike sends this, and it goes this way. A, on the first day of school, a fourth-grade teacher announced that she was an atheist. She asked if any of her students were atheists. Most fourth graders don't know what an atheist is. But they want to be like their their teacher. Every child but one girl raised their hand. The teacher went to the girl who who didn't raise her hand and asked her what she was. The girl said she was a Christian. So the teacher inquired as to why she was a Christian. The girl responded that her father and mother were Christians. The teacher said that's one of the most ridiculous excuses she had ever heard. She said, if your father was an idiot and your mother was an imbecile, what would you be? The little girl replied, in that case, I guess I would be an atheist. First Corinthians twelve seven, but the manifestation, the demonstration, expression, the sign or display 
the manifestation of the Spirit is given to each one for the profit of all. Each man is given his gift by the Spirit that he may make the most of it is what Philip's translation says. I like that. Father, we pray your blessings upon the reading of your word. Speak this truth to our hearts. And Holy Father, as, as, as the seed is sown, your word is sown. May it produce much fruit. In Christ's name we pray. Amen. Look at you, if you will, at your introduction on the copy that you were given. Have we come to the place where we don't expect God to miraculously intervene in the history of the church? Have we come to expect that God will not save people in unusual ways, such as dreams and visions, when in fact many Muslims are saved this way today? Have we come to expect God only to heal through doctors and hospitals and not miraculously? The book of Acts is a story of the disciples receiving what Jesus received in order to do what Jesus did. Can I read that again? I love that that sentence. The book of Acts is a story of the disciples receiving what Jesus received in order to do what Jesus did. When we read the book of Acts, we should ask why we don't experience God's presence and power as those early saints did. We should believe that he is able and willing to intervene in human history in a miraculous way. And we should pray that God would accomplish his will and his work in whatever way he chooses. Amen? That is, it is so important. And on this 19th day of February of 2017, I want God to speak to our hearts his word, not what some preacher wants to, wants to say, but what God Almighty is saying to us. He's actually texting us today. He's telling us it's current, it's contemporary, and it's for each and every one of us this morning. First of all, notice the power to advance the messianic kingdom. And that's what we've been called to do is to advance the messianic kingdom, you and I have been called to do that. Not just the preacher, not just the pastor, evangelist, or elders. Every believer is called to advance the messianic kingdom, God's kingdom on this earth. Jesus gave his followers power to preach, teach, heal, and deliver. Mark chapter 3, verses 14 and 15. Then he appointed... 12 that they might be with him and that he might send them out to preach and to have power, H-A-V-E, and to have power to heal sicknesses and to cast out demons. Matthew chapter 10 verse 1 says, I love this, listen at it. And when he had called his 12 disciples to him, he gave them power. He 
gave them power over unclean spirits to cast them out and to heal all kinds of sickness and all kinds of diseases. Luke chapter 10, verse 19. Behold, I give you the authority, and I take it back every once in a while, to trample. No, that's... That's carnality saying that. That's well, that's what he says. Behold, I give you power. Now, this is the 70 that he sent out. Someone said it's just for the disciples or just for the apostles. No. He does the same thing for the 70. Behold, I give you the authority to trample on serpents and scorpions and over all the power of the enemy and What? Nothing, nothing shall by any means hurt you. It's yours. It's mine. Jesus said in St. John chapter 14 and verse 12, he said most assuredly, listen, really and really, listen, he wants you to, to... To be able to comprehend this, most assuredly I say to you, he who pastors a church, he who is the preacher, is an apostle. No, he didn't say that. Listen to what he says. You see, people want you to think different. They want you to see it different. He says, I say to you, he who believes in me. How many of you are believers today? Let me see your hand. Come on. Come on. Oh, my goodness. Oh, my goodness. This is, he's talking to you. The works that I do, he will do also, and greater works, or you will do also, and greater works than these, he will do because I go to my Father. This was never rescinded. And when you study this and you Google all kind of articles, all kind of messages, all kind of books today, they will make excuses. They will teach it different. I, I, I'm reminded of one local pastor that wrote this. He says, when it comes to the Holy Spirit, most evangelicals fall into one of two extremes. You've heard me say this so often, one of my mentors was Paul Pano of South Bend, Indiana. Uh, And he said the hardest thing, or one of the hardest things to have in church is balance. And of course, I've served God ever since I was, and been in church ever since I was nine years old. It's a long time ago too. And uh, uh, I found this to be true. One of the hardest things to have in church is balance. You're always running between death and a nut. And so this writer, is, which wrote a, has written several books, he says, when it comes to the Holy Spirit, most evangelicals fall into one of two extremes. Some seem obsessed, relating to him in strange, mystical ways. Their experiences with the Spirit always seems to coincide with an emotionally ecstatic moment created by the swell of music in a worship service or a weird uh, confluence of events. 
And he quotes maybe someone that might say, I was praying about whether to ask Rachel out, and suddenly I saw a billboard whose background was the same color of her eyes. I got, the, I got goosebumps. I knew it was the Holy Spirit. And you say, that's pretty weird. That's pretty way out. I've heard things just about like that before. So that's, that's the one side. Then he says, other Christians neglect his ministry altogether. Speaking of the ministry of the Holy Spirit. He says they believe in the Holy Spirit, but they relate to him the same way I relate to my pituitary gland. I'm really grateful it's in there. I know it's essential for something. I would never want to lose it, but I don't really interact with it. For these Christians, the Holy Spirit is not a moving, dynamic person. He's more of a theory. Now, I know the writer of this, and I know how his... uh, what his theology is, but I must say he pretty much hits it for some people. And, uh, you know, we, we go from one extreme to the other if we're not careful. And I'm not certainly downplaying the emotional side of the baptism of the Holy Spirit. Lord knows we need that. I mean, there was a time we hardly ever went to church that someone or most or a lot of the people were dancing in the spirit. I mean, really dancing unto the Lord. I've never danced in the world, but I have danced in the spirit. And uh, people were emotional. And there was a lot of people speaking in tongues. and, And it was a wonderful time, but we need to understand the purpose of the baptism of the Holy Spirit and the manifestation of the Spirit. What is the purpose of it? Because if we're not careful, we will have those emotional times. We will have those times of of ecstatic worship, and that's there's certainly nothing wrong with that. Can I say that again? There's nothing wrong with that. We need that. We need, we, listen, we get emotional at a ball game. We get emotional, you know, if we're going to have a baby. All these things. Well, why can't we get emotional and excited over serving Jesus Christ? And, uh, but we, 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 we need to know why. Is it just to cause us to have goosebumps? No. God gives us the baptism. He gives us his spirit that we might edify him and that we might see the kingdom of God grow and invest in the kingdom of God and see the gifts, listen to this, the gifts of the spirit operate. So God gave us, gave the early church and gave us today power to advance his Kingdom, as I said, and that authority has never been rescinded. And St. Luke 19, and I just read that to you, I think. And then St. John chapter 14 and verse 12, he, he, the same thing uh, concurs with all of the things that I just said. Number three, true believers will flow in the miraculous. And I've got somewhere in here, if a Christian's life isn't supernatural, it's superficial. I do believe in the supernatural manifestation 
of the Spirit of God. Now, we've, we've, we've gotten away from that. And, you know, knowledge is so much better than all that stuff, so to speak. But I'm here to tell you, you can have both. You can have both. Matthew chapter 16, verses 15 uh, through 20. Let's look at it. Look, look, read it with me. And he said to them, go into all the world and preach the gospel to every creature. He who believes and is baptized will be saved. And who do, he who does not believe will be condemned. Verse 17. And these signs will. These signs will follow those who believe. In my name, they will cast out demons. They will speak with new tongues. They will take up serpents. And this is certainly not intentionally. It means accidentally. And if they drink anything deadly, it will not bring them hurt. They will lay hands on the sick and they... Now, that's not some preacher saying that. That's not just some theologian saying that. That's God Almighty saying that. Do we believe it or not believe it? It's just as real today. True believers will flow in the miraculous. You know what Jesus said? I don't have it on here. In John chapter 10 verse 37. If I do not the works of my father, believe me not. Can you imagine preachers saying that today? They wouldn't be believed. Many of them. Jesus looked at the people and he said, if I don't do the works of the Father, you don't believe me. Don't have to believe me. We need to see the works of the Father. What were the works of the Father? The Spirit of the Lord is upon me because he has anointed me to preach the gospel, to heal the sick, to raise the dead, to set at liberty those that are bound, and right on and right on. And we need to see that in the church today. Wow. Look at number two, the power, authority of the Holy Spirit. It endows for gospel proclamation. Acts chapter 1, verse 8. Read it with me. But you shall receive power when the Holy Spirit has come upon you, and you shall be witnesses to me in Jerusalem, Judea, Samaria, and to the end of the earth. We need the holy power of God when we teach, preach, and talk about the gospel of the Lord Jesus Christ. And we need that. It changes people's lives. He goes on to say with this particular one. (coughs) Excuse me. It confirms God's word. It (coughs) validates God's word. Look at Mark 16 and 20. I just read uh, some of it to you. 16 and 20. Okay. It says here. Where he said, you lay hands on the sick and they shall recover. That's what it's saying. I don't see it on my paper, but, that, but that's what he's saying. Look at number three. Witnesses to the accuracy of the message to the believer. Now listen, at this at, This is the Amplified. And the Amplified, which is going to be here, is Hebrews. The Amplified, which is here, it's just a little bit different than what I have. And I don't understand that, but I hope it's close enough. Uh, listen as we read the Amplified. How will we escape the penalty 
If we ignored such a great salvation, the gospel, we ignore the gospel, we ignore the message of the new covenant, for it was spoken at first by the Lord and it was confirmed to us, proved authentic by those who personally heard him speak. Verse 4. And besides this evidence, God also testifying with them, confirming the message of salvation, both by signs and wonders and by various miracles carried out by Jesus and the apostles and by granting to to believers the gifts of the Holy Spirit according to his own will. That's a little lengthy. I don't read the Amplified publicly a lot because it is lengthy but it's so powerful we understand this this it 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 validates and it witnesses to the accuracy of the word of god if we're not careful we'll go out without the anointing we'll go out without the spirit of god moving in our lives we have the spirit but he needs to move in our lives he needs to manifest himself in our lives and it, need, it needs to happen. Number four, Jesus' credibility was based on his miracle ministry. Read with me Acts chapter 2 and verse 22. Men of Israel, this is Peter. Hear the, these words. Jesus of Nazareth, a man attested by God to you. By what? By miracles, wonders, and signs which God did through him in your midst as you yourselves also know. He was a, it was proven because he performed all of these things. And it's important that the church today sees this kind of manifestation. Number three, the manifestation of the Spirit. Now, when I, the first verse I read to you, but the manifestation, the display, the sign of the Spirit is given to each one. So every believer that has accepted Jesus Christ has been given a gift, a manifestation to show forth, not not to build that person up, not, not to be glorified in themselves, but to glorify and bless the kingdom. The manifestation of the Spirit is given to each one for the profit of of all. It is important that we understand that different manifestations of the Spirit are given to each one of the saints. Number two, the same power that flowed through Jesus will flow through us. And I don't use that word flow lightly. Hear the, hear the word of God. Hear God is saying that the same Spirit, and look at it. And he, he said this over and over. Look at it over at, at, at Luke chapter 8, verse 46. But Jesus said, somebody touch me, for I receive power going out from me. That flow, the flow. You see, all of us can know Christ. We all can even be baptized with the Holy Ghost and have the Spirit of God in us. But, and that's great. But it needs to flow out of us into this world to accomplish the things that God has called it and called us to do. It needs to flow. 
And, and of course, this story is about when the woman with the issue of blood says, if I can but touch the hem of his garment, and she made her way through the crowd and touched the, 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 the Jesus' hem, and she was made whole. And Jesus stopped this whole group of people and said, who touched me? The disciples were amazed. They said, Lord, everybody is gathering around you and touching you. Jesus said, wait a minute. Now, we may come to church on Sunday morning, or we may go to the to the uh, grocery store, wherever we go. But when we allow the Spirit of God to move through us, it's different than just a carnal thing. It is a supernatural thing, and it needs to be happening daily in our lives. Jesus said, no, you don't understand. Something flowed through me. The power of God flowed through me and touched somebody. And this woman, which had been sick for 12 years, that had an issue of blood, she was healed. Pastor, you believe all that stuff is for today? Mm -mm. I really believe this. Because you can't find it. And I know I've read behind so many that says it it stopped. But it it was just for the initial giving of of the disciples or the apostles or the early church. But nowhere, nowhere can you find where this ever stopped. In fact, we find out it's for believers today. God has given us that same power. I just read it. And when he had called his disciples, Matthew 10, 1, to him he gave them power over unclean spirits to cast them out and to what? Heal all kinds of sickness and all kinds of diseases. He gave them power. We must receive, but once we receive it abides. Acts 8, 17 says this. Then they laid hands on them and they received the Holy Spirit. If we're not careful, we have a dead church laying hands on dead people and there's nothing that happens. We've got to be a live church. Jesus said, go back into Jerusalem and tarry until you are what? Endued with power from on high. We're supposed to have it. It's there. The anointing don't come and go. It abides with you. He's there when you feel like it. And he's there when you don't feel like it. The anointing is there. When you're in school. When you're, in, when you're at work. When you're riding down the highway. No matter where you are. The Holy Spirit abides and is there. That's a while. So I said, I don't feel like it. I don't, I don't feel him. Well, if we would walk by faith, exercise that faith through love, he would flow more for, through us and we would feel it like Jesus felt it. All right. All right. First John chapter 2, verse uh, 27. But the anointing which you have received from him, what? abides in you. When you're sick, when you're well, when you're in church, when you ain't in church, I know. I mean, he's there. God is, this Holy Spirit is there. And we need to honor that. 
and realize that we're a temple of the Holy Ghost, don't do things to grieve him. It doesn't mean we live a perfect life. But he is there. Look at number five. We must act. Look at Acts chapter 3 and verse 6. I'm going to read the Amplified. I hope this is in there. I'm going to uh, Yeah, let me read it from here. And Peter said, silver and gold, money, I do, I do not have. <clears throat> but what I do have, that I will give to you in the use of the name of Jesus Christ. Now, I want you to listen as I read this Amplified. And I don't know why they're different. We're going to be working on that. But this, this is the Amplified. This is God's word. Listen to what it says. But Peter said, now let me, let me give you the story. Peter and John were going up to the house, uh, to, the, to the church to pray. And on the way up, they came to a place called the beautiful, it was a gate. It was called the beautiful gate. Well, there was a lame man sitting there, and the Bible says that he looked on Peter and John expecting to receive something from them. Okay? So Peter fastened his eyes upon him. Listen to this. And Peter said, silver and gold I don't have, but such as I will have later on. Didn't say it that way? Such as I hope to have. Didn't say it that way? No, it didn't. He said, such as I have. You got it. Let me say it again. You got it. Let me say it again. You have it. You don't have to pray it down. You don't have to sing it down. You don't have to feel it down. He is there. And it operates by faith through love. It operates by faith through love. He said, silver and gold have I none, but such as I have, I've got it, give unto you. That's what the world's waiting on. That's what the world is waiting on the church to do. But we're waiting for God to do it. We're praying for God to do it. And he said, I'm not going to do it, you got it. God heals so-and-so. You go heal them. Now, I know. I know somebody said, oh, you're trying to make yourself big or make somebody. No, not at all. It's not for a selfish thing. It's for us to realize by faith in God, we have the anointing of God. We have the spirit of God that he's there and we can give it. Such as I have given to you. Now, Listen, I'm going to read it again to amplify. Silver and gold I do not have, but what I do have, I give to you. And this is what he said. He said, in the name, in the authority, in the power of Jesus Christ the Nazarene, notice this, begin now to walk and go walking. There's a story in the Bible where Joshua and the children of Israel were about to go across Jordan. And God spoke to Joshua and gave him a plan for them to cross the Jordan. At that time, it was flooding. At that time, it was uncrossable. And so God told Joshua and the people, 
He said, I want you to let the priest take the Ark of the Covenant. And he said, I want you to get to the river. And when you get to the river, as soon, and this is found in Joshua 3. As soon as you get to the river, I want the priest to put their feet in the water. And as soon as they put their feet in the water, the Jordan will part. But not until. You see, miracles aren't going to take place until. Until we start having faith to give. And then we start having faith to receive. And God's not going to do anything for us until we operate in faith. And through love. And he said, as soon as a priest with the Ark of the Covenant put their feet in the water, there will be dry ground. And those, ever how many people there are, are going to go across into Canaan land. We haven't crossed over Jordan yet because we haven't put our feet in the water. And we're waiting for God to part the water. Before we put our feet in the water. We're waiting for God to heal our loved ones. Before we exercise faith. And realize that God has given us the power. To lay our hands upon the sick. And they shall recover. I don't know about that laying my hands on people brother Don. You know that's old fashioned stuff. Well I still believe in laying hands on people. There's something about a touch. Of a saint of God. And we need to be like Peter. You know what Peter did? He said silver and gold have I none. But such as I have given unto you. You start walking and then you're going to walk. You have faith to get up. And he reached down. His hand. Took him. The the, the, the crippled man. Took him by the hand. and And lifted him up. And the man started leaping. And jumping with joy. You've got to have faith to believe. Now, you can tell Peter and John had gone up to this place to pray several times. But they, they, it was their routine. It was their habit to go pray. We're not going to live in, in the carnality all the time and not seek the face of God and not pray and then expect us to reach out and touch people and they just go, oh, you go walking, you know. It's going to take preparation. I got up this morning and I turned on the switch. And guess what? My lights came on. <laughs> Isn't that something? <laughs> oh boy, my lights came on. And we think that is, oh, that's just really something. But as I was coming down Cold Mill Road, I looked at all the power lines. <clears throat> They're running here. They're running there. Some of them are underground. It's new subdivisions. And I looked at all this work, all this preparation that took place. But I just got up this morning and switched on the light. But somebody put up those poles. Somebody stretched out those wires. Somebody worked. And we're not going to run around here doing things for God and have the power of God if somebody isn't willing to pay the price. There may, there may be some fasting. There may be some praying. There may be some all night down before God. There may, but it's, there's got to be preparation. If I expect God to move in my life, I'm going to prepare. 
There's not a basketball team that hits the floor expecting to get out there and beat that other team if they don't pay the price for it. Y'all, y'all still out there? Yeah. It doesn't matter. You're going to pay the price. There is a sacrifice. And, 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 and you know, I, I just believe that God wants the power. I believe he wants us to turn the switch on. I believe that he wants that refrigerator and that stove to come on and, and the air condition and the heat. I believe he wants that power to be accessible and to be there when we need it. But somebody is going to pay the price for having all that power. But it's real. And it's for us, it's for us today. We must act. It's important. You see, Brother Don, what are you saying? You know, God wants us to take the first step. So it says, I want, I want the, my relationship between my wife to be healed. I want us to, to have a good relationship. Well, maybe God wants you to take the first step and forgive. Well, she ought to forgive. He ought to forgive. It's time for them to do something. No, let's be willing to take the first step ourselves. Whether it's, whether it's forgiving someone or whether we're dealing with a spirit of anger. You know, you know that, that's an awful, awful bondage is that anger. But I want to take the first step. And I did many years ago to rid myself of, of, of obsessive anger. But we must take the first step and release that. Maybe you're a controller. If you are, you need to know it. You want to control people. A lot of people want to control somebody. Release that. Stop being that way. Give that up because it's, it's bondage. That's bondage. Take the first step and let God do something in our lives. Different manifestations. The same power that flowed through Jesus. God has given up the same power. We must receive. Once received, it abides. And then we must act, and then I'm ending it up. Look at it. Look at the number four. Learn lessons. The Lord is always seeking to release more to us through his supernatural gifts. We're not, we're not, we've not even scratched, scratched the surface to, when it comes to seeing miracles in our lives. I believe this. I believe God wants to see miracles in our lives. When we position ourselves to be his channel, his gifts will flow through us. And it's time for us to know God's word is true. To know he said this. And by faith it works. My wife flows in the gifts of the spirit. One of her, one of her greatest gifts is, is to be able to give people a word. And to see what God does in their lives. I, I'm jealous of her sometimes. I don't, I don't have that ability that she has. I have the ability and all of us have abilities. But she flows in that gift. And I've seen her speak to people after people and persons after persons and watch God do some wonderful things in her life. And many of you have other gifts. And you have the same gift. I believe there's some of you that has that same gift. You say, Brother Don, what can I do about reaching out and touching people? You heard me say it operates by faith through love. First of all comes love. 
If I look over, if I if I look over this congregation and I don't love you, I'm not gonna have a I'm not gonna see a need to operate in faith. But when I look at the world and I see the hurting, and I see the poor and, and the suffering, and my heart goes out to them, and, and that love generates a desire to see them healed, to see them set free, to see them blessed, then faith begins to operate and that faith in the power of God that faith that we exercise starts flowing through that love and it reaches out and touches people's lives the reason we don't see no more happening than we do we have blinders on and we've lost concern and compassion for our fellow man we just want to go to church, make sure our tie's right, make sure our car operates good, make sure we're blessed. That's the reason you see so many churches, that they're packed to the gill because I want to go and I want to go where the crowd goes and I want people, to, I want to be blessed, give me uh, songs I really enjoy, give me a soothing message and, and, and then I'll just leave, then I'll go get my chicken and steak and do it. No, we need to be concerned about people. We need to love people. We need to feel their concern. And when they're hurting, Paul said, we need to hurt. When I see you hurting, it needs to move me. And it needs to quicken in me that I have the power of God to reach out to you. Not in arrogance but in humility and love. And all of a sudden, faith begins to rise. And I know the word of God is true. And I know that he's given me. And I have this power. And I don't want to keep it to myself. I want to give it to somebody else. And I'm going to reach out my hand. I'm going to reach out my faith. I'm going to pray. And I'm going to believe. And you watch what happens in your life. And in their life. But it's got to operate by faith through love. And if we walk into a church, you know, it is amazing. I love Chick-fil-A. I have to watch it. When I get to heaven, I don't want to have to worry about cholesterol. And lately they've had someone standing outside taking the order. And so when I went by, this young man was taking the order. And I usually call him by name. They usually have a tag on. And if they don't have a tag on, I'll say, my name's Don. What's your name? They'll tell him with their name. And I'll call their name several times. John, you're a fine-looking young man. John, you're doing a wonderful job. So I went last week, and I told John that. I went back this week, and he's standing in line taking an order. And I walked up and rolled, or drove up and rolled the window down. He said, I know you. He said, you are the one that told me you, that I'm a nice guy, that I'm a nice young man. He remembered it. He remembered it. I want him to know that he's somebody. Look at your thumb. Look at your thumb. Hold your thumb up. Come on. Pacify me. 
Well, it's not right to lift your thumb up and say pacify. Uh, lift your thumb up. Look at it. Say, I'm somebody. I wanted him to know that he was somebody. And he remembered it. You plant that in young people's hearts and in their lives. You look at something good to say about them. You look at some way that you can encourage them and speak well to them. And speak, listen to this, speak life into people. Speak life into people. Speak life into people. Care for them, love them. Look beyond the flesh. Look beyond the carnality and walk in the spirit. Whether you're at the the grocery store, wherever you are, look. I went late last night to Kroger. And this lady, I called her by name and I was checking out. She said, you just can't stay out of here, can you? I've never met her but one time in my life. But she remembered me because I spoke life into her. I spoke life. Speak life, not death. Speak life, not death. Know that you have. God gave me something. I've got it. We have it. This is it. God's word. This is it. The army guy that wanted to get out, he wanted, he wanted to get out. He was tired of the army. He hadn't been in long, but he wanted to get out. He was tired of it. But he wanted an honorable discharge. He didn't just want to walk away and be AWOL. So he started everywhere he went. If he saw a piece of paper on the desk, he would reach down and he'd look at it and he said, this is not it. He'd walk through somewhere else in the next day and they'd watch him. He'd go around and say, this is not it. And they said, oh boy, he's gone. He's out of here. What are we going to do? We might as well just discharge him. And they wrote out his discharge paper and he picked it up and he said, this is it. (laughs) This is it. Listen, the devil will try to make you think everything. He'll try to put you down. But listen, listen to what God says. Listen to the power that God, this is it. What you're hearing this morning, this is it. Stand on it. Believe God for it.